NIV. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is always patient and kind. Love's never jealous. Love is a, and never seeks its own advantage. It does not take offense or store up grievances. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but find its joy in the truth. It's always ready to make allowances, to trust, to hope, and to endure whatever comes. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains strong, long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I used to speak as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know my, in my part. But then I shall know fully, just as I also have been fully known. But now abide faith, hope, love, these three but the greatest of these is love. Bless you, thank you. In the, in the Psalms, there's a, there's a, uh, often says at the end, this little word, selah, which just means to pause. And I think the beauty of having the word read to you is that you hear it with fresh ears. You know, I can read silently to myself but there was something just very powerful about hearing um, the voices of the body of Jesus, uh, just describing perfect love. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, Linda Evans, are you? I lost you. She was there. Uh, there's a Linda Evans John. with no space that has John in it. <laughs> there was okay. a Linda Evans with I, a space I lost, there. I, I lost. Um, Richard DeGroote. Would you just open this time in prayer for us? I I, I know I'm, I I didn't give you any warning on that, but you're you're always in fellowship with the Father, so I'm confident of that. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just we truly thank you for your love. Love is the greatest gift. It's greater than any of the others, and uh, just bless us with your love. Put us at peace rest and let's just abide with you in oneness in oneness in jesus name amen bless you so i'm just going to invite you to do this this thing that uh, suzanne introduced some of us to through some the teaching that um we we've been listening to lately through um uh, Dennis and Jen Clark and I just invite you to to put your hand on that place where the Spirit of God lives in you and it's not going to be your head 
and it's actually not your heart, it's, it's down in your belly. Just put your hand there. That's where the Spirit of God comes in and um, that he flows out of your inmost being like rivers of living water. And Lord, we just want to worship you this morning in spirit and in truth. And so we just uh, drop down into that place where spirit speaks to spirit. And Lord, we, we just give you all our distractions, anything that's, that's heavy on our minds and in our hearts this morning. Lord, we just, we just give it to you. We thank you that we can just put it at the foot of the cross, that you see it, that you understand, and you know what you already have in mind, Lord, to do in those situations or with those individuals. So we give them to you. And Lord, we just um, receive your forgiveness. Receive forgiveness, Lord, and, and just um, get into that place of deep, deep peace that knows we are born anew. We are born into freedom. No shame, no, no guilt, God. And we just, um, we just thank you that your perfect love, Lord, we release your perfect love. We release it to you this morning. Lord, we wanted to have this time to just love you in spirit and in truth. Let's just worship together. Suzanne, we just bless you in the name of the Lord. Thank you for leading us. I, I, have, I have quite a few thoughts in my head before I share it. One of the things when we were, when we were singing that was happening I God said you know Bruce it's we we are living in an uncertain world but we have a certain God he is certainly our savior and he can do all things um I just I want to I want to also read from my devotions just a just a portion about what was happening during worship and praise and then what happened afterwards? What, why, why that happened? Why it broke forth the way that it, it did? Where the famous British writer C.S. Lewis first gave his life to Jesus, he initially resisted praising God. In fact, he called it a stumbling block. His struggle was in the suggestion that God Himself demanded it. Yet Lewis finally realized. It is in the process of being worshipped that God communicates his presence to his people. He, the, the presence of the God of God was thick, was thick. And and you know, we Travis need, needed to be encouraged, and he was encouraged. And the you know, Sue talking about a family. God God is taking us as a family to a new place place like oh you know we, we it's we, we live in an uncertain world covid and cancer and all these things but he is making us stronger he is taking us to a, a new place and we we need to we need to embrace that i was uh i was studying something that that came to me a line that that came to me and and, and then god just kind of builds on it and then the line was and, it, and I, it's kind of part two from the last time I shared about 
uh, you know, about planning. You know, we we plan, but we don't, you know, after we invite God into our plans. And, and the line came to me, you know, we think something is good, and then after we go, oh, oh it must be God. But if it's God, it's good. God has got to come first. And, and I, I started studying in, uh, when, when they picked David to be king. And uh, there, it, there, there was some interesting things that God brought out in that. It's 1 Samuel 16. Uh, the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? since I have rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? Saul, Saul will hear about it and kill me. Samuel, Samuel was a prophet of God and he was afraid. He was afraid. And you know, in this in this passage, there were there's so many things that that God wanted people to see. Like He wanted to speak to Samuel, and He also wanted to speak to Jesse's dad, and and He wanted to to make it very clear clear that David was the next king. And uh, I, I was I was I was I struck by that because you know we we make our plans. We make our plans, and uh, I think the scripture is in the. Many are the plans of a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purposes that prevails. I want God's purposes to prevail, and I know I know I've shared about this before, but in in the time that we live now, we God is a God. Um, he He wants us to grow. So for us, it's it is about change. Like what's next? What's what's coming? What is he calling us to do? Like uh, Sue, Sue and I have been sharing, and you know, we've been um, just sharing with a few people about stuff like where where is God taking us? Is is the Joshua project going to look exactly the same? And and we don't we don't really think it is, but it's still going to be there. It's it's our DNA. It's it's in our blood. It's going to still be there. How we how we conduct a service even. Like, it's interesting the things that God is changing because of Zoom, because of, uh, you know, the way that we have to meet him, the way that we communicate with him. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it really is exciting times. It's scary times. But God is a certain God. He is our certain Savior. We can go to him. The Lord... Uh, but Samuel said, how can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. And the Lord, Lord encourages. He doesn't bail on Saul, Samuel. Because I, I think the key, the key in all of this, the key that was in David, the key that was in Samuel, the key that, wants, that God wants in us, is he wants us to have a heart after him. It says twice in scripture that David had a heart after God, a heart after God. I originally had looked up, um, or maybe I won't share that quite yet. The Lord said to Samuel, 
take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Pretty clear. God made it pretty clear. I want you to anoint the one that I indicate. Clear words. Like, really shouldn't be a problem. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? <laughs> they were afraid of the prophet. They were afraid of the prophet. Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons, and David wasn't even there, and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands before me. Here's an anointed prophet of God, and he's judging by outward appearances. He, he missed it. Uh, I was I was listening to a, to a sermon on this, and and it's interesting that when the guy shared about it, isn't it amazing that an anointed of God made a mistake, made a mistake. Anointed of God does not mean you're perfect. It 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 it, it means means a, a, well a lot more than that. Surely the Lord's anointed stands before the Lord. When they arrived, Samuel said, saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outside appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I, I am so glad that the Lord looks at my heart because I, I certainly don't get it right. You know, Travis, Travis was sharing that, but every one of us can share what Travis shared about, that, that we, we don't get it right. Samuel didn't get it right, and he was an anointed prophet. In this, uh, in this day, I mean, I, I don't know how many... I think I think more prophets start prophesying when times are hard and you you look at all those prophecies and I know that you sometimes scratch your head on some of them and you go I don't get that. I don't I don't really get that. But we we need we need to have the heart of God to to be able to to uh, realize what he wants realize what he wants david david had a heart after god i mean it talks about i i, I quickly looked about uh, about job and it said job was blameless job went through all of that and didn't sin so so he he had i believe he had a heart after god too but the lord said to samuel do not consider his appearance or his height. It was when they picked Saul, there was a big deal about how tall he was. It says in scripture that he was taller than everybody else. It didn't work out for Saul. 
didn't work out so good for Saul. And, and really, when, when the people came and said, I, we want a king, we want to be like other people, other kingdoms, we want to have a king that can come and talk to us and stuff. And they, they basically re rejected, rejected God because he was their king. He was all they needed, all they needed. Our, our God is our king and he's all we need. He's all we need. He is a certainty in an uncertain time. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, I endeavor not to do that when I'm dealing with the people I deal with. I mean, some, like yesterday, I, I went down to the church and there was two bags and I thought they were closed and I had some other things to do, so I rushed home, and then I came back down, and the bags were gone. And usually, usually I have to clean up, <laughs> clean up the mess. But there was there was two guys over where the the um, freight pit is, where the trucks would come and drop off the groceries when it was overweighty and stuff. And I rec I recognized them, and I went over, and I was concerned that they were going to make a mess. And they were concerned when I came over because I, I know that they thought I was going to yell at them, that they were, that, that, that I was going to get mad because they had these bags. And uh, I said, are you going to clean, are you going to clean up after? I said, are they closed? He says, no, they're, they're pop bottles and cans. And then he was really worried that I was going to want them back. And I said, no, you take them because I, I knew there wasn't going to be a mess because they had bottles and cans. So then I, I went inside the church and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give them more. It's because I had two or three more bags, so I gave them more. But they, they, didn't, they, they didn't know my heart at that moment. And I, I didn't know what was in their hearts. But when I realized, I mean, and that's pop bottles and cans is the Holman's currency. I mean, they, it's, it's, it's something that they do all the time anyways. But, but it, he, I, I, he revealed his heart to me, and I revealed my heart to him. I said, yeah, go for it. Gave him more. He was happy. Anyways, but God, God looks, at, looks at our hearts, and that's, that is why he picked David. And David was not perfect. We know all the foibles that David made. But he still had that heart after God. And, and, and that, that was the most important thing. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I like the, I like the line too. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. You know, we, <laughs> we look at stuff differently. You know, we make, we make opinions. Like there's lots of opinions going on about vaccines and there's, there's opinions that COVID is a conspiracy and you know that that is prevalent. But our we serve a certain God. Our God is a certainty. He we we, we don't have we don't have to worry. We have to be concerned. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. The good thing about Samuel, he did make a mistake, but then he adjusted. He says, Okay, God, I'm gonna trust you. And I, and, I, and I believe God is asking us to come to a new level of trust in him. Um, having, having a heart after him, 
but I mean, we one time our word for the year was absolute trust. That's that's without questioning. That's we can absolutely trust our God because He is a certain God. But Samuel said, "The Lord has not chosen this one either." Jesse, Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, "Nor has the Lord chosen this one." Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, "The Lord has not chosen these." So he asked Jesse, "Are these all the sons you have?" And Jesse said. There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending sheep. So even even Jesse goes, hmm. I mean, all of uh, you know all of the sons that I had at home, and and they're not they're not the they're not going to be appointed king, and you're asking my shepherd son, and shepherds. Shepherds, shepherds were were interesting. They weren't um, they weren't high up the the job scale in those days, and they they weren't even allowed to go to the temple unless they went through all the ritual cleansings. So David was probably in the pasture zooming or something, and and because uh, because he didn't he didn't have an option. He 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 couldn't go to the temple, but it tells you a little bit about him that he was the youngest and he was doing the work all his brothers were at home lazing around staying being in the house but he was the one working and god saw that uh, uh david was doing the work you know and 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 we we as christians god calls us to do the work and sometimes it's menial tasks like I, I don't even want to tell you some of the stuff that I've had to clean up, but you, you lots of you are in, in those boats too. The, the, the things that God has called us to do are not sometimes the prettiest things, but here's, here's David and he gets called in from the pasture, pasture, pasture. And, and he comes, see what it says here. There is still the youngest. Jesse answered, but he is tending sheep. He, it sounds like he didn't even want his younger son to be chosen. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Samuel then went to Ramah, Ram, whatever it is. But, but the, the recognition that David was the one, the youngest one, and it still took him 15 years to, to be established as king. There were still things that David need to learn. He actually went back to the pasture. Well, I, um, I, I was, I was trying to get the chronological order of all this. Like when he, when he sang to Saul, when that happened and, you know, when he slew Goliath and, and then when he was king and, and there was, there was, uh, there was some confusion with some of the commentaries that I was looking at. 
but but there was still things that God wanted David to do. God wanted David to learn before he became king. There was things that he had established. One, one thing was the people didn't know David. So so coming to because because Saul needed um, you know had that evil spirit and David would play the harp or whatever it was that he played and and it would calm Saul. So we developed a relation with Saul for a season. There was also a season where Saul wanted to kill David because David was rising in popularity. But it it was it was the fact that. David had a heart after God. That was the important thing. And I, and I believe God is, you know, we, I mean, I, we, some of the prophecies that we've had, like tear, tear down your altars. God, God is a jealous God and he wants us to get rid of those things. He wants, he, he wants us to have that heart that follows him, that we follow him no matter what in the midst of, all of all of the stuff we're going through, he he wants us to follow him. He wants to recognize recognize that we have that dedication to him. And it's going to read. It's going to close with this here. Going to read the rest. David in Saul's service. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendant said to him. See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the harp. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes upon you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem Bethlehem, who knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. This, this is all part of God's plan. God's plan for, for Saul or for David to come into the presence of Saul and you know to develop that relationship. But it's God's plan. Was it our plan? Like I, I the the thing that I, I think I, I I'm not sure if I shared it, but um you know, we think, you know, when when new things come up, we think they're good, but they're not God. But when, when they're God's plans, they're always good. Always good. One of, uh, then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son David, who is with the sheep. He was back, he was back with the sheep. And he'd just been anointed with oil and to to become king, but he was still tending the sheep. He was still doing the work. He was God's servant. Send me your son, David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them with his son, David, to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much and David became one of his armor bearers. And Saul sent word to Jesse saying, allow David to remain in my service for I am pleased with him. Whenever the spirit from God came upon Saul, David would take his heart and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. Praise God. 
let me just, I, maybe I'll just close, close with this. I had, it, it's called Imperfect Plans. I was exploring a library on the bottom floor of the new community center when an overhead crash suddenly shook the room. A few minutes later, it happened again and then again. An agitated librarian finally explained that a weightlifting area was positioned directly above the library and the noise occurred every time someone dropped a weight. Architects and designers had carefully planned many aspects of this state-of-the-art facility, yet someone had forgotten to locate the library away from all the action. In life as well, our plans are often flawed. We, over, we, we overlook important considerations. Our plans don't always account for accidents and surprises. Although planning helps us avoid financial shortfalls, time crunches, and health issues, even the most thorough strategies can't eliminate all problems from our lives. We live in a post-Eden world. With God's help, we can find the balance between prudently considering the future, Proverbs 6, 6 and 8, and responding to difficulties. God often, often has a purpose for the trouble he allows into our lives. He may use it to develop patience in us, to increase our faith, or simply to bring us closer to him. I believe that's what he's doing in this time. He's bringing us closer to him. The Bible reminds us many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose, purposes that prevail. As we submit our goals and hopes for the future to Jesus, he will show us what he wants to accomplish in us and through us. Thanks. Anyone have something to add or take away? <laughs> Uh, Brenda, are you wanting to say something, huh? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yes, I do. I just want to thank you, Pastor. That is really good what you said. God does take time to develop us. And we go through many trials and many situations where we think that we can do something, but God says not yet. And it's up to us to wait, to trust in him, to read the word of God, and to move forward when he says to. And sometimes some of us need to be kicked out and made to move and do things. And I just want to thank the Lord this week that it's been a really wonderful week. It's been hard, but wonderful. Um, and I want to thank the pastor that I took the cooked turkey and I cooked it up. And Bill and I last night went and just, we portioned it and we gave it to 15 people. I made gravy and I give it to 15 people that we knew who needed it. And you know what? Most of them hadn't eaten yet their suppers yet. It was about six o'clock. Most of them hadn't had their, because they had no meat, nothing. And it's such a blessing. And they're so grateful. And that's why we do it. Yeah. And I want to thank the Lord that he seems fit to send us. And I, I'm 
praying and asking the Lord to help me to know when to stop and not do things and to when to do things. And he's just 